and a good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And thank you for joining us today. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we thank you, Lord, today that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and you are also our light within us. And Lord, you then said in your word, let your light so shine upon men. So Lord, today we are thankful that there is a light within us that is you. And your word needs to be abiding in our hearts that your word, your light, may be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Lord, let us have our path seen before our feet that we may not stumble into a ditch that we may not take the wrong path, but understanding your word and abiding in you and letting you abide in our hearts, we will find the path, we will stay on the path, and we will stay on the path of your will in our life. In the name of Jesus, amen. So as we continue our series today, Come As You Are, as part of the overall series of Your Identity in Christ, the Lord is so welcoming and has paid a heavy price for us to dwell with him, to abide in him. And we will eventually get to John chapter 15, which talks about the Lord being the vine and us being the branch. And the question is whether our branch is connected to the vine. Are we connected with Jesus? Or are we not able to bear fruit because we are not receiving the life that's in the vine. So as we lead up to that chapter, we're looking at some other verses and we're looking at the entire theme of knowing the Lord, getting to know the Lord, and what happens when the Lord inhabits our space, when we allow him. Because we're not forced to give our life to Christ. and We're not forced to do anything in this life. The Lord certainly has paid for us to receive eternal life by his precious free gift. But just because he went to the cross doesn't cause us to be saved. Just because he went to the whipping post and by those stripes, the Bible says we are healed, doesn't mean we instantly become healed and are never sick again. There is faith involved in both aspects and both examples here. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So is our free will allowing the Lord to come near? Is our free will deciding that we need to go into the secret place, to the private room, as we spoke about last week, to spend time with the Lord? Are we spending time with Him every day? Are we acknowledging him. Amen. As it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We started off today at the top of the program talking about the path in front of us and whether his word is in us, therefore whether it is able to light our path or not, if we have a lamp and if we have a light. We may say that we have the light. We may say we have the word in our heart, but are we meditating and pondering on the word 
Or are we simply trying to memorize verses and say that we know the word? We can memorize a verse, but not truly know it. Amen. Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 says that we must meditate and ponder on the word of God day and night. It's only meditation, only contemplation and thought and pondering and understanding and asking the Lord for help understanding his scriptures, his truth, will absolutely root it in our heart with a deep understanding and a knowing of these verses and what they mean so that if anybody says to you something that does not line up with these verses, you can say with your whole heart, no, that is not true, and let me show you why. They will not be able to talk you out of your firm understanding and your belief in a verse or two or three, however many you understand, because you will know that you know what those verses mean. And that's because you have been spending time meditating and pondering in the verses. See, there is no rush to complete the Bible in a year. We do not have to go through the entire Bible in a year. In fact, if people go through the Bible in one year, but maybe they only spend five minutes a day on each verse, then there's a problem because there's no way you can just spend five minutes a day on a verse and complete the reading of the Bible in a year and know it. You may have read it, but reading is not knowing. You have to read it, contemplate it, ponder it, meditate on it, ask the Lord about it, and then believe it, and you will know it. Amen? Nobody will be able to talk you out of that. So man's free will can decide whether you want to spend time with the Lord every day. We get a choice every minute of every hour of every day what we focus our mind on. And we need to abide in the Lord, and the Lord needs to abide in our heart which means his word needs to abide in our heart as well and on our lips so that we may speak his word and his word may come forth. And whatever we speak, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So it stands to reason that when we speak God's word and we believe in it, faith comes forth mixed with our vocal cords and things happen and things change for the better. Or if we are saying bad things about someone, then we can actually speak death over such a situation. And believers, if they have the right heart, if they are truly born again, they would never want to speak bad. They would only want to speak good. And the key thing is to speak God's word over situations because that word never returns to the Lord void, but it will accomplish whatsoever according to his pleasure. Amen. So when you are thinking about the Lord's will, you're speaking about God's word, good things will come about. But also remember that we have a free will to decide how much time we spend with the Lord every day. And depending on that, you will know if you're in freedom. Because when you want to spend time in the Lord, the Lord will draw nigh unto you. Amen, as the scriptures say. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you're spending time with Him, He's going to be spending time with you in the same place, in the secret place, in the private room, or in your car, or wherever it is. And there will be a sense of peace. There will be a sense of freedom. Because wherever his spirit is, there is freedom. And depression and fear and anxiety will not be powerful enough to remain in your heart or in your soul, mind, will, emotions. Because the spirit of the Lord is so much more powerful than anything, anything like that. So 
when we spend time being still, knowing that he is God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, being focused towards Jesus, he will draw nigh unto you. The Lord loves you very, very much. He takes notice and is waiting so patiently but eagerly for you to seek him with all of your heart today. And you may say, well, I'm already spending time with the Lord. That's fantastic. Try to see if you can spend more time with him than you do right now. Just make sure that there is nothing in your day that is unimportant where you cannot replace that unimportant task with spending more time with the Lord. Spend time with him in the secret place. Intimacy with Jesus is what it's all about because that is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You'll be doing that verse every time you commit your time with the Lord. You'll be putting him first, seeking him first and his righteousness and then all those other things, those other things that we would normally worry or be caring about in our daily lives will be added unto us. Provision and financial things and all those types of things. If we put God first, if we put the Lord first, all those other things will be taken care of. Amen. When we spend time with him, we will be able to hear his direction, sense his direction in our lives. He will actually say to you, uh, pray for this person, pray for that person. You'll be starting to do more and more of the Lord's will because you'll be focused on what he wants instead of always saying to the Lord, please, can I have this? Can you fix this? Can you fix that? Because when you take care of his problems, if you take care of his will and what he wants fixed in your day, then he will fix all of your things in your life. But put him first and he will take care of everything else. Amen. And there will be other people in your life that will be blessed as a result of your prayers and your revelation, maybe a word of knowledge that the Lord will give you about your neighbors, about even strangers at your job or um, wherever else in your daily life. So Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. Every week we are speaking from the Amplified Classic Edition. So Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, some believers say this is the Lord's phone number. All the threes. And you're calling to the Lord, and he's going to answer you and show you things that you do not know and understand, so that you then know them and understand them. Amen. God is a God of revealing. He's a God of revelation. He wants to reveal to you the truth. He wants to reveal things to you so that you could be praying into them, taking action on some things, so that his will on earth can come about as it is in heaven. Amen. But all the time, we're not spending time with him. We are one less soul that he can use, that he can have a relationship with, that he paid for to have, and he has to look for someone else who might be willing to pray for that person. And you may be the only person in your local part of the town that you're in that may have a heart to desire the time with the Lord and commit to time with the Lord in your private room. Amen. You may be the only one. There may not be anybody else in your immediate neighborhood that even knows of the Lord, or even if they do, they are not spending time with him because they don't feel that that's very important to them. There may be a baby. There may be a young child in a hospital locally to you that needs prayer. 
and you do not know this child, but the Lord could put this child on your heart, and you would feel an unction and desire to pray for this child in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, or even praying in your native language. Amen. And the Lord will surely respond to those prayers as you speak life, as you speak his will over that situation, not begging God for the healing because he's already healed them, according to Isaiah 53, verse 5. But you're going to speak what God's already finished at the cross. Amen. Which is that child is healed. Now, child, be healed in Jesus name. So Jeremiah 29, same book, different chapter. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. It says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Now, before we go to verse 12, let's just look at this verse. Now, so many times we read the word and we see these wonderful promises and we receive them for ourselves and we believe that it's automatically going to happen in our life. But yet, when we go through our day, we realize we're not actually spending time with the Lord, and we're wondering why our life is the way it is, and how other believers are having joy and peace and prosperity and all these types of things. We're looking around, and other believers have seemed to have it all together. All the things have been added unto them, according to Matthew chapter 6, 33. And you're wondering, why, Lord, why have you forsaken me? He has not forsaken you. He didn't look over you. He didn't look past you. It's just that you may have not put him first yet. And that may be a little harsh. But I would check to make sure that your heart is fully focused on him, putting him first above all things, even your own spouse and your children. God must come first. Amen. And then everything else will be added unto you. Because when you spend time with him in the secret place, and you're loving the Lord, and you're focused on Him, and you're not always giving Him this long list of requests, but you're actually wanting Him to have you fulfill what He wants you to fulfill. And you're asking the Lord, what can I do for you today, Lord, instead of what can you do for me, Lord? Then His plans for you will start to take effect, because you will be focused on His will and not your own. Jesus said, I came to do not my will, but the will of he who sent me. And of course, the Father was the one that sent Jesus. Amen. So Jesus didn't even come to do his will. But it just turned out that Jesus, amen, according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, is the exact imprint of the nature of the Father. So, of course, Jesus felt it very easy to do the Father's will because Jesus wanted to do the same thing. Set people free, teach them about the kingdom, and teach the gospel. Amen offer the free gift of eternal life, set people free from sickness, disease, and demonic oppression, and everything else. Raise the dead. God is a God of the living and not the dead, Jesus said. And God is a restorer. He is a reconciler. He is a healer. He is many things. He wants to be your heavenly Father. Amen. And He loves you tremendously. And He wants these plans that He has for you in verse 11 of Jeremiah 29 to actually be executed and take part in your life. But you have to partner with the Lord. You have to be a co-worker and a co-laborer with him so that they can come about. Amen. You must seek the Lord for his will in your life and say, Lord, let these plans take place in my life. Let these plans come to pass 
Lord, show me how I can be a co-laborer and co-worker with you, that we can execute your will in my life and the lives of people around me, that you can use me to bless and speak life and pray for in Jesus' name. So it says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Verse 12, Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. So let's look at verse 12. This verse 12 and verse 13 is key it's a very, very simple set of verses, but it tells you what to do and what will happen when you do them. So in order for the Lord to hear and heed you, in verse 12, you have to do the first part of the verse. It says, then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me. So have you called upon the Lord? Have you come and prayed to him? Are you spending time with him? If so, he will hear and he will heed you. Verse 13, it says, Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It doesn't say part of your heart or any part of your heart will suffice. It says all your heart. So you have to seek the Lord. You have to inquire for. You have to require me, he says, as a vital necessity. And find me when you search for me with all your heart. So you may be a Christian today. You may be a believer that is going to heaven. I'm not questioning your salvation. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. If you believe God raised him from the dead. You're confessing Jesus as Lord. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says you are saved. But there is also this verse in Jeremiah 29 13. And there's also other places in the Bible that talk about the fact that we have to be abiding in him, seeking the Lord. And in this verse 13, because remember, this is the Amplified Classic, which pulls out more richness and descriptive explanations of the verse with extra words. It says, then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity. So you may be born again today. And are you requiring the Lord as a vital necessity in your life? Are you finding him by searching for him with all of your heart? Or you believe that you're, you're going to church and you do say a prayer every so often, but you're not actually requiring the Lord to be a vital necessity in your life. If that's not the case, if your entire heart is not seeking for him, then it's sad to say that you will not find him. Because it says, then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So if there's a part of your heart that's not seeking him, because there is more important things going on in your life, and I know that we all have a lot going on in our lives with different things and family situations and financial situations and a lot of distractions can take our heart away from focusing on the Lord. But the willpower that we have in us is stronger than those distractions. We have the power in our will to say, no, these distractions can wait. They will be part of 
the other things that will be added unto me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when I place the Lord first and I seek him with all of my heart. Remember the first commandment of Jesus. He said to love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second one was to love your neighbor as thyself. But even the first commandment, heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's pretty much everything in your being. That's all of your heart, and that's everything in you that you want to love the Lord. Now, if you're loving someone, they are a vital necessity to you. You want to be around them. You want them to be in your life. Amen. But that is just at a human level. This is your the almighty Jehovah. Amen. This is the almighty heavenly father that loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, to pay for your sins if you confess them. Amen. And he has paid for the restoration of a relationship that was destroyed back in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 by Adam and Eve at the tree in the Garden of Eden. Now we have the opportunity and the choice to commit our heart to the Lord because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we have to seek Jesus. And when we have seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. When we are in Christ, we are in front of the Father. As we seek the Lord with all of our heart, we will find him. Amen. And lastly, Isaiah 26, verse 3, and Catrice brought this up a week or two ago. This talks about the perfect peace that the Lord can give you. And it also confirms that where our heart is can affect the way we feel. It says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Now, this is Isaiah saying, you, the Lord, you, Lord, will guard him, the person, and keep him, the person, in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both his inclination and his character, is stayed on you, Lord, because he, the person, commits himself to you, Lord, leans on you, Lord, and hopes confidently in you, Lord. That's what that verse means. So if you are not feeling peace today, and you are feeling anything but peace, fear, anxiety, worry, whatever, then that confirms that you do not have your focus on the Lord. So increase time in the private room, in the secret place. Increase that time, but trust in him, for he is faithful. He is faithful, and his love and his mercy is everlasting. The Father and the Son, they have never failed you, and they never will. They have only been about loving you, restoring you, convicting you, helping you on that path, and hoping that you would receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and keeping his word as a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So you may see the way forward, that you may be guided by the light, that is the truth of the word of God, and not fall into the ditch on either side. Staying on the narrow path, amen, not the broad path that so many unfortunately will continue to go down to eternal destruction. But you will stay on the narrow path because the word 
is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. But seek him, seek Jesus, seek the Lord and allow him to love on you and you will feel his presence. You will feel him become a greater part of your heart and your day to the degree that you would allow him to, that your free will has to allow the Lord in. Remember Revelations chapter 3 verse 20. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and you have control over that door. But remember that he's standing at the door and one day if he doesn't get an answer, he has to move on. So there is a window of opportunity right now. We're in the last hour. Amen. According to the word of God, we're in the last hour. And we must receive the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Allow him in to dine with us, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, and seek him with all of our heart and know who we are in Christ and to know the Lord in an intimate way. Amen. And we'll talk about this more next week at the same time. Amen. So if you want to get in touch with us, our phone number is country code one four zero seven seven zero five three one five one and our email is touchofgodradio at gmail dot com. Our website is tog.world, tog.world. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Touch of God Radio. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.